Hi friends, welcome to the Kansas City MomCast, a place to learn, connect, and grow in a relevant and intentional way. We're your hosts, Sarah and Megan. Join us as we interview experts in the field and hear from local moms just like you. This is a podcast for Kansas City moms by Kansas City moms. We know that your time is precious and we're grateful you've chosen to spend some of it with us. Thank you for being a part of the Kansas City Mom Collective community. Suicide is the second leading cause of death among people aged 15 to 24 in the United States. Nearly 20% of high school students report serious thoughts of suicide and 9% have made an attempt to take their lives, according to the National Alliance on Mental Illness. With teen suicide on the rise, a local group, Zero Reasons Why, was formed. Today, we have the opportunity to speak with one of their adult leaders, Davis Finley, as well as two teen leaders, Ava Shropshire and Kripa Gaba. We are so appreciative of their time and their candidness in talking about something that's very tough, but obviously extremely important. Before we get started, uh, we want to give a special thank you to our episode sponsor, Price Chopper. Go ahead, fill up your tank and your cart. You are a chopper shopper. And chopper shoppers earn points towards discounted fuel at Quick Trip or free items at Price Chopper every time they shop. Get started today at mypricechopper.com. Thanks for being here today and let's get started. Hello, welcome to, let's see, Davis, Ava, and Kripa. <laughs> welcome, yes. you guys. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys so much for being here. Um, okay, can we start off by talking about, just tell us a little bit about Zero Reasons Why. Like, when was it started and what is the mission of, of the group? Yeah, I, I can go ahead and give a little bit of a kind of the historical background. Um, so in, in, in 2017-18 school year, uh, there, there was a pretty sharp rise in teen suicides across um, all six school districts in Johnson County. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe there were 15 um, in that school year alone, which was a significant jump up from the previous year. And during that time, the six superintendents in Johnson County basically got together and, and decided um, we need to, to get out ahead of this. We don't want to just be in the business of responding to tragedy mm-hmm. um, and coping with tragedy, but we, we want to um, prevent this. We want to get ahead of this. And so they got together and formed what was called the um, Community Mental Health Convening Group, which comprised superintendents and a few uh, community leaders, a few business leaders, a few faith leaders. And then um, the company that I work for, Overflow, was brought in to kind of help with that. And so that was in the fall, uh, summer and fall of 2018. And basically those conversations I was in a lot of those earlier ones and, and, you know, they, they could be a little, um, you know, contentious at times. Sometimes mm-hmm. just, I think people trying to figure out like, how are we going to address this? We all care really deeply, but how is the best way to go about it? Yeah. Um, but all of them were really resolute that we want to support our teens. Um, and basically just do lots of those meetings and, um, somebody in the room at some point just noted that there were no teenagers in the room. Um, yeah. This is just a bunch of adults getting together and <laughs> kind of doing, um, you know, what they had done in the past, which is just get together and talk and, and try to figure things out um, without much teen input. So that that led to um, basically this idea to nominate, um, I think it was nine, I think about nine teens um, 
from the school districts back then to form a teen council. And that teen council began working together to kind of form a plan for how are we going to work to um, start this campaign for suicide prevention and, and ended up pre- uh, presenting that to the six superintendents um, with the name Zero Reasons Why. Mm-hmm. And um, their plan consisted of uh, three pillars, um, which are today the pillars of the campaign, which are um, uh, commit uh, or remove stigma um, mm-hmm. around mental health, uh, commit to education, and then build community support. Um, and so that's, you know, that's kind of a quick snapshot of how it started was just a lot of superintendents getting together, trying to figure out how to best serve the teens in their community. And then, and then finally deciding, Hey, we need to actually um, include teens in this conversation and really promote their leadership. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's how the, uh, the uh, campaign was born. Yeah. The, okay. So the, the name, was that a, a playoff of the 13 reasons why? It was. Yeah. yeah. That was okay. a, when I did think that it, come out. I think it was 2017, okay. 2017, 2018. It was definitely around then. And so it was, it was definitely a big topic of conversation. And yes. so that was a, so yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So I'm curious the, for the teens, um, what do you think your involvement, like what is the impact of your leadership and your involvement on your peers in kind of interacting with this group in this campaign? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's really made um, other teens just feel like they can reach out to us. Um, for me, especially, I mm-hmm. um, after sharing my story on Instagram, I also put on my story that um, you can always reach out to me if there's anything you ever need. Like, I'm always here if you just need to listen. Yeah. And um, a couple weeks later, I did have a couple of my friends reach out. And for me, it was just really nice to know that I could be for someone, what one of my friends was for me that actually encouraged me to share my story. Um, and so I'd say that's also one of the most rewarding parts of just being a part of the campaign. It's just, it really does help bring the community together because it just establishes your role as somebody in the community who wants others to be okay. Yeah, that's really good. So do you mind sharing a little bit of your story that you shared that helped you get involved with this? Uh, So um, I'd say my story probably would start from like around COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, So as I was growing up, just in general, I was always very social. I was like surrounded by a big group of people. But COVID for me, like quarantine was just really, really hard personally Mm -hmm. um, because it forced me to, again, be by myself and then reflect on what my values are. Mm Because up until that point, my identity was just always being a part of like a group. I didn't really know who I was then. So I had a little identity crisis over mm-hmm. quarantine. And yeah. it made me realize that a lot of the things that I thought were important to me, they really weren't. And so just figuring out and trying to reevaluate, like, what are my values? What are my morals? What are the things that I want to be known for? Just trying to figure that out was kind of a struggle for me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, And also just for me personally, I think it was just hard for me to establish myself as an individual among like a really big group of people that are all, I guess, somewhat similar to me, but Mm -hmm. also completely different. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, like high school in general is really difficult for a lot of people just because they are trying to figure out who they are. 
And when you're constantly comparing yourself to other people, it makes it so hard to be proud of who you are. And so that mm-hmm. definitely affected me a little bit earlier as well, because I just didn't like looking in mirrors. I couldn't hang out with anybody without just comparing every aspect of myself to them. And it just made it really hard for me to be around friends without completely like draining myself. Mm-hmm. And so zero reasons why when I saw that so many other people were kind of going through similar things um, in terms of like struggles in um, like their mental health and then like stress, anxiety, um, I was also like diagnosed with depression. And so mm-hmm. just being able to see that other people also share these kinds of struggles for me, it was just really, really comforting not to know that like other people are also struggling, but just other people understand and other people want you to get better because they know how hard it is. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing that Kripa. Um, yeah, yeah I cannot imagine. Um, I don't know, just COVID in high school, um, middle school. I don't know all that. <clears throat> I just, that was, I'm sure that was rough, 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 rough. Um, okay. So you alluded to this a little bit, um, with zero reasons why there's an emphasis on storytelling. Um, what role does storytelling play that in removing stigma and helping prevent, um, teen suicide? And like I said, you kind of, you, you did say a little bit about, um, just not feeling, you know, like you're the only one, that kind of thing, but would any of you have anything else to add to that? Um, to me, I feel like storytelling is one of the greatest ways to cultivate connections and explore other perspectives. Mm-hmm. And I think especially with mental health, it really helps to work, remove the stigma um, because you're kind of seeing real people surrounding you, what they're going through. And I feel like from stories on the screen to everyday conversations, mental health has had constant stigmatizations and stereotypes associated with it. So hearing from others, whether that's friends or peers or people around you seeing that they struggle as well lets you know how universal like all our experiences are and mm-hmm. i think the, the role that like storytelling plays is really important because stigma often prevents teens from seeking help and support yeah. and reducing it can increase the likelihood that a teen would reach out for help and that's a huge factor in decreasing teen suicide so I think amplifying true stories helps rewrite and erase our beliefs and thoughts surrounding mental health, mental illness, and suicide so that we can normalize those feelings and not demonize mental illness and mental health struggles. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I think it's also really important that storytelling helps make everybody feel like they can have those conversations and it's like socially okay to Mm -hmm. um because again we believe like there's no reason to be ashamed for how you feel and everyone deserves to be heard and respected and to get better no matter where they are like in their mental health journey yeah Yeah. definitely so okay so Kripa, you had talked about how you had shared some of your story on instagram um so obviously that had a positive, um, you know, influence on others because you had people reach out. So when it comes to social media, what role, either positive or negative, do you feel like it plays in this conversation? Um, I think, oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> You're well, fine. 
to give that some context, um, just this week, there's a study going around that I, I don't know if it shows up on your social media, but on moms, uh-huh. I feel like it's been very frequently shared a study that came out of basically, you know, smartphones or social media before high school. I mean, it's not the first time to say this, but you know, can lead to dangerous thoughts and just confidence and self-worth, especially with girls. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, you know, that's the message we're hearing as parents. So from a team perspective, what role do you think social media is playing on, you know, your own mental health or as a teacher, you know, what are you seeing with teens? I think that there's definitely a negative role that social media can play and, like for my parents too, um, there's obviously like a lot of bad things that could be associated with it. But I think from a mental health perspective, in terms of like the building community support pillar of Zero Reasons Why, I think it can be a really useful tool in um, digital advocacy. Mm-hmm. So just being able to connect with other like-minded people is probably one of the most positive things about social media. Mm-hmm. But I do agree in that it's really easy to compare yourself to other people and you might think that somebody's like new post kind of encapsulates like their whole life and it's really easy to just compare yourself to that one little snapshot of their life Mm -hmm. without really seeing the whole story behind it. Yeah. Yeah, I I definitely agree with what Kripa said. I feel like it's a double-edged sword because in some ways social media has kind of actually even educated me on mental health because Mm -hmm. there are so many resources and pages that talk about like inclusivity and neurodiversity and Mm -hmm. so many great resources. But I also feel like it rather whether it's comparisons or even even like online there's a lot of toxic communities especially like when you mentioned young girls um Mm -hmm. I remember like tumblr when it was really big and there were a lot of just accounts that maybe would promote disordered eating or Mm -hmm. just promote things that could be really harmful for young people especially young girls so I feel like almost you have to kind of be cautious because in some ways it can uplift and inspire, but in other ways it can really have a negative toll on mental health and self-esteem. So, Yeah, that's great. So what do you feel like is missing right now when it comes to mental health access, awareness and resources in school? Um, and how do we fix it? <laughs> You three collectively get to fix it today. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, what do you feel like is kind of like the missing, some of the missing things that you all see? I think one thing, I mean, I I know that Ava and Kripal have a lot of insight as well. I think just one thing that I've seen from being in, in schools is, um, and even just talking to teens when I go do a, um, when I go do a, some in-school event, maybe over the lunch hour Mm -hmm. is, um, is just how much mental health is, um, really promoted and prioritized by school officials throughout the year. I mean, I've, I've gone to, um, you know, some schools have done a really good job of that and then, and some haven't, you know, I've talked to some teens who have, um, there are plenty of resources, opportunities that they're aware of. And then um, other teens who would say, you know, it's been 
a year being in the pandemic and we've heard about mental health, you know, once maybe. Um, So I think just the the easiest thing is just to really, um, you know, as a a school, as administration is, um, is to really, um, you know, just promote it as much as you can. So teens know like, Hey, this is who the social worker is. This is who our counselors are. Um, And also just, I mean, certainly from the team perspective, but also just, you know, more, more mental health resources and time for teachers. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I think yeah. that's a huge thing too, even in, in promoting the mental health of teens is how are teachers being supported? And I know that's a huge conversation. So many different things go into that, but, but I think that's pretty clear as well. Um, so yeah, I just think promoting resources and building bridges between um, again, you know, zero reasons why being a team led campaign, like how can we build bridges of conversation between students and administration um, so, so that it's a, it's a two-way conversation about mental health. Um, and I think, I think schools can, can work to do that uh, for sure. Definitely. Absolutely. I think also, um, just kind of expanding like the mental health curriculum, um, as far as like my school, we have like counselor lessons, I think like once a year or like an assembly for suicide prevention, Uh, it kind of stops there. Like it doesn't really extend later on and so I think just like creating a wider curriculum about teaching students different mental health topics and like healthy coping strategies things like that I think would be really good um just because I think that as of right now schools they understand that like kids are under a lot of stress but that's like not the only aspect of mental health that I think Mm -hmm. a lot of teens are struggling with and so I think just also promoting the, like, we're here for you, not just in terms of academic support, but, like, also we're here for you, um, like, personally, I think that would be really beneficial. Yeah. yeah. The school district that Sarah and I's kids are in, we do not have school counselors, or at least at the elementary mm-hmm. level. And I just, you know, and I know that's, like, a whole other conversation, but I'm, like, you know, when we are recognizing that mental health is a really important thing. Like, why are we not having the resources? Well, I mean, again, that's like a whole other, <laughs> that's a whole other podcast, but it's just frustrating, especially as a parent and as I'm a teacher. So I guess as a teacher and just, yeah. it's just like banging your head against a wall a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here's your opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> could tell your parents oh yes (laughs) or any of the parents listening to this who you know for Megan and I we have kids I have a kid who's a preteen um and this topic terrifies me Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah me too what would you tell parents listening what can they do whether they have teens now or they're preparing for teens what is the biggest things that are helpful to you that you wish your parents knew <laughs> or other people's parents? They don't have to be your parents. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just parents in general. Yeah. Um, I think for me, one thing is just to not jump in with advice right away mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. as like me as a friend too, if a friend comes to me and they're struggling, then it's kind of our nature to just want to jump in and try to solve their problem. Yeah. But I think that for teens, that's not really like the main thing that they need right now. I think 
teens, it's really important just to show your support, show that you're there and that you're there to listen. And if like they need your advice, then yes, obviously go for it. But I think the first thing is just to establish that I'm here for you, whatever you need, um, before just kind of jumping in to try to solve their problem. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Yeah. Ava, any thoughts yeah, I, on advice for all the parents out there? <laughs> Help yeah, us. I definitely agree. I think like really just being there, listening and being patient because sometimes like we don't even know what to say. We just need that support. We just, whether that's emotionally and I think also like paying attention because sometimes I think it's even hard to explain what we're going through, but knowing mm-hmm. that you're looking out, knowing that you're seeing and not just not fully understanding, but taking the time to really look at what's going on in our lives and figure out how to validate our feelings. Because I think that I feel like some parents can maybe not understand because there's generational gaps or divides. Mm-hmm. And they just think, well, when I was a teen, you know, (laughs) but I think that it's good to really truly hear from your child's perspective and validate them. And that's like the first step. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know where I heard this, but it was very helpful. I heard, I don't know, podcast, mom podcast, probably talking about when your child comes to you with a problem or something they're upset about asking them, would you like me to listen or do you want me to help solve the problem? Mm. Do you girls feel like that's good advice? (laughs) I think that's awesome. Then you kind of like, you know, like, what are you needing from me? Are you wanting me to just listen to you? Um, Or do you want me to, you know, help you problem solve? Um, But anyways, that I I felt like that was really helpful because it's almost like setting your objective, you know, with your kid before you go into fix it mode, which is very easy for parents to do because there's like nothing worse than listening or listening to or seeing your child struggle with something it's like the worst yeah I think that's Mm -hmm. a great thing because sometimes I just want to like talk Mm -hmm. and ramble to my parents about what Mm -hmm. I'm going through but other times I do want them to solve the problem so I think that's a great approach yeah Yeah, I think listening is definitely it definitely goes a long way because you can still be there for someone without solving their problem yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, The communication thing, I think like looking down the road is what I think stresses me out. Like, what can I be doing now to strengthen that for when, you know, my kids are, you know, your guys's age. Um, And I think I'm just worried about like missing things, you know, like, I know it's not Mm -hmm. possible to know everything about your kid, but I kind of want to. So (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Davis, do you have any thoughts on that about like, and with, with zero reasons, why yeah. do you guys do like parent education? Like you know, what does that have, look like? Yeah, we do have some on our website. We have what we call crisis series videos. And so okay. we have, we have teens um, interviewing parents, parents interviewing teens, uh, uh, our friends at the Johnson County Mental Health Center interviewing teens and, mm-hmm. and kind of, and so, you know, some will be like, um, yeah, I mean, literally having parents on camera with teens being like, hey, like, what do you want parents to know? Um, yeah. And so I think that, yeah, I would, I would just certainly commend, um, those are just kind of short, um, just high quality five minute videos that I think are really helpful and just give, give some good advice. And then I'm neither a parent nor a teen. So my uh, yep. <laughs> voice is maybe, <laughs> maybe the least um, appreciated in this conversation right now. But I think that like, 
something that I've just having interviewed teens. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that bit about, um, you know, parents being willing to, you know, saying like, Hey, should I, do you want advice or do you want just a, an ear? Um, I've, I've heard that multiple times. So I would just okay. reaffirm that. And then also just even thinking about the future, I think, you know, you know, parents are really, um, you know, kind of the front lines in a, in a lot of way in terms of removing stigma. Mm-hmm. Um, so much stigma, you know, that teens, certainly they experience stigma can within um, their home, but, you know, they obviously experience so much outside the home. And so, you know, having a home that early on, you know, we, we talk about, we have a middle school committee um, where, where high schoolers uh, on the teen council will go in and do mental health lessons. And the idea behind that is, you know, removing stigma as early as possible. And I think, I think parents who are, who are just aware of the conversation really have an opportunity to do that. Um, and that really is, I think it's just as simple. Again, I'm not, I'm not a parent. So I know parenting is not simple, but, um, but I think the ability to remove stigma is, is as simple as just creating a safe environment where mm-hmm. um, maybe in those teen years where p- teens want to talk less or you know whatever that looks like they at least know like hey this is a safe place um this is a safe place where i can share what i'm feeling this is a safe place where i can um talk and um and I, again i know that's that's work and i don't i don't really know what that <laughs> looks like yeah. to create well, that, me, but, i mean I, me neither I, I mean it's a working document yeah. going on over here I think so. And I, th- I think there's a lot of, I think even that question, like, do you need an ear or do you need advice? I think that takes, I hope, I hope that would take like a lot of pressure off of parents to think that they have to have, um, have all the answers. Um, cause certainly none of us do. Um, uh, but I think the parents do just have a ton of power to just create safe. If, you're, if your teen doesn't want to talk, that's okay. But you have a ton of power to just create a safe environment. Um, mm-hmm. and that's just uh, the teens who I've spoken to who have, um, experience that at home, just safe environments is, is really, um, just extremely powerful and encouraging. Do you guys see, this is off, off script here, um, difference between boys and girls with the communicating with parents? I've got one of each and I swear, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's in my head or what. I'm like, I just have painted this picture of the future. Like my son is not going to talk to me and my daughter will talk to me. Do you guys feel like that? Tell me if that I will come true or not. I think it's harder for guys just because, I mean, there's like, I guess, societal stereotypes mm-hmm. of like masculinity. Oh, yeah. Um, I'd say that's probably the biggest thing. I know that like yeah. Men's Mental Health Awareness Week, um, I definitely see like a lot on Instagram about how like everybody deserves access to mental health resources, um, regardless of your gender, age, race, anything like that. And so... I think for teen guys, especially, it's probably like a lot harder just because they don't want to like seem weak or something like that. Um, Yeah. But I think that with the right resources, it definitely is possible to get everyone the help that they need. Yeah. And I think, I think, I don't know which one of you alluded to this as well, but I think just the modeling too, um, you know, if there is, you know, a male figure in the home, um, that person just modeling um, you know, communication and vulnerability and all the, all those things that boys, unfortunately, I feel like especially need sometimes. Yeah, definitely. I will say I I interviewed a, a young man from Wichita recently, we recently shared his story and, and he said that the, um, the thing that really got him to, to seek help was just his mom talking to him. Um, and just encouraging him. So just encouragement for you in that. Yeah. 
Okay. That, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That's helpful. Yeah. That's helpful. Um, okay. Friends in closing. Um, okay. So we have a vast community of Kansas city moms listening. How can we as moms get involved with supporting your mission? Hmm. Like what can we be doing? I think the first step is really like educating yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think it also starts like with your children as well. Um, You can encourage them to become leaders. You can encourage them to know that like to be an advocate for mental health. And even how we talked about like the generational divides, you can kind of be that person in their life that they model after you knowing that it's okay to struggle with their mental health mm-hmm. and that there are resources and it's okay to seek resources that they're not weak for seeking resources. And I think getting involved, um, just kind of continue to educate, find ways to reach out and advocate in the community. And yeah, that's great. No, that's, yeah. that's awesome. Any other things that we can be doing to support or help prevent teen suicide i mean yeah i definitely say the same in terms of like be willing to have open conversations with them mm-hmm. um i think that's definitely the first step to just um destigmatizing the whole concept um just because if you let them know that it's okay not to be okay mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we are gonna support you through this and it's okay to have bad days and we're gonna help the bad days get better yeah then just having those honest conversations with them and being able to like understand them, treat them like an adult in that mm-hmm. sense, mm-hmm. Um, like treat their problems as if it is something larger because it really honestly probably is. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think just hearing them is probably the most important part. That's great. Yeah, that's, great. that's great. All right, you guys, thank you so, 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 so much. Yes. Um, at the time of recording, this is a very busy time in mm-hmm. your all's lives um, and the mom lives of wrapping up the school year. So thank you guys yeah. so much. And thank you um, just for all you're doing with this organization. I'm. Um, we went to like an art thing for my daughter for through the Shawnee Mission School District. And I saw zero reasons why on the door walking in. I was like, ah, oh. we're, we're going to interview them. So I thought that that's great. That was very cool. So I'm was that at, was that at Tyler's house by any chance? No. The art, the art thing we've just, no, the, it was, it was like at a district office situation. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I see. Uh, Tyler's house is just a community partner. They're close to Shawnee Mitchell North and they've done a lot of art stuff. So oh, interesting. I thought you meant yeah. like an actual, like a guy named Tyler. Like, oh, nope. Gosh. Don't know Tyler. <laughs> no, don't no, know yeah. Tyler. <laughs> not, yeah, not that Tyler. <laughs> that's oh, gosh, that's so funny. That's good. All right, you guys, thank you so much. And we will, hey, link thank you. To, um, we'll link to all these resources, your all's website um, and other ways, uh, resources for parents and ways to get involved um, in the show notes. Thank you guys so yeah. much. Hey, thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Okay, Megan. So it's mental health month. Yes, it is. And mental health month is every month as a mom. It is, but May in particular, I feel is is more emphasis. You are correlated. Like I, you know, so what are you doing right now 
whether it's in Kansas City or just uh, in your house, <laughs> what are you doing to make sure that you're addressing your own mental health? Yes. Um, okay. Well, my number one is always therapy, therapy, therapy for life. Um, I have the best therapist on the face of the planet and I make sure that I've got that, uh, scheduled and I try to schedule it out because it's really easy to, um, for time to go by and you don't realize it. So therapy. And then another thing I just did recently was I printed off. I just went to free, like free calendars online or something, Googled it and, um, printed off blank calendars for the summer and just wrote down everything. And I have a Google calendar, but there was something about seeing it, like color coding it for Mm -hmm. this. I just feel like with the summer, everything is so different in the camps and the, this and the trips. So I printed it and I'm just going to have them on the, on the fridge. And then my kids can also look and kind of see what's coming up. So then they don't have to ask me, which will also improve my mental health except for the one that can't read. So I guess I got to figure out <laughs> an accommodation for him. <laughs> what about you, Sarah? Um, I think some of mine is like prepping for summer. You know, I've already enrolled in the camps. And so like thinking of structure right. because yeah. Megan and I are both Enneagram ones. And yes, we are. Structure and that's how I survive. So yes, absolutely. Feeling stressed like are a control freak of like, uh-huh. And now here's our schedule for the summer down to the minute, because that's how I'm going to feel better. Yep. Um, yep. But right now just getting through May and I mean, the supplies all the time, but like, I always try to go on walks. Um, yeah. I feel like I get in my own head, you know, something will go wrong and then I just cannot get out of it. Yeah. Or I'm counting all the things that the kids need, you know, like we need an ice cream topping and we need this oh. outfit, color shirt and or a, or a single flower stem. Oh, yes. My to favorite. bring, to add to a giant bouquet. Yeah, I don't participate in that one. <laughs> the McGinnities are known for not uh, bringing the flower. But I, I, I'm on the final genius. I'm on, you know. I'm hey, you know what, though? That's like, honestly, that is a form of mental or self-care is not signing up or saying it's okay to not bring the single stem flower to school. I, so I, I commend you for that. I Venmo five extra dollars and I normally. There you go. There you go. Well, evens up. Yep. Um, but I do think like getting out of my own head. And so I try to pick like walks where I can go to a coffee shop and grab coffee or iced tea and just go mm-hmm. on a walk. And that always helps me reset. So my favorite is Meadowbrook and going to the gonna, market. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. I have the best iced tea. And so I'll just grab it, do a little loop by myself. And I feel like that even without a podcast in my ear sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just kind of resets all my hormones or whatever's happening. Yes. That's making me feel crazy. So, Oh yeah. I can relate to that. That's really good. My therapist suggested putting your head in a bucket of cold water. Um, was she serious when she said that? Yeah. Okay. Like when uh, you're like your, your whole head, like your face, something that shocks. Oh you. yes. 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 Well, I've seen like people doing like getting in a bathtub with ice water. This is like a thing now. It's like chemically. Yeah, it's supposed to be very good for your body. It like shocks your brain. I'm sure there's people who are in science or, you know, medicine could tell us the right reasons for that. But yeah. Okay. That's really interesting. Well, I may be doing that over the summer. Okay. Like three times a day. So (laughs) (laughs) ice bath in the morning. (laughs) You just shove your head in and it will be better. Oh my gosh. So true. (laughs) 
Oh my gosh. All right, friends. Thank you all for joining us today. Um, we hope that you, um, had some good takeaways. I absolutely loved hearing from actual, you know, teenagers, I think is so helpful and insightful. So we hope you um, enjoyed the conversation as much as we did, and we will see you back here next time. Thank you. All right. See ya. Another thank you to our episode sponsor today, Price Chopper. Go ahead, fill your tank all the way up. You're a Chopper Shopper. Chopper Shopper Rewards members earn points towards discounted fuel at Quick Trip with every purchase at Price Chopper. Rather fill your shopping cart up? Go ahead, do that instead. Chopper Shoppers can also redeem their points for free items at Price Chopper. Become a Chopper Shopper today and start earning even more on food or fuel. Get started at mypricechopper.com. Thank you again for spending part of your day with us. We would love for you to share this podcast with other Kansas City moms, as well as rate and review, as this helps others find us. We would also love to hear from you, whether it's to share what you loved about today's episode, an idea for a future topic, or just to tell us how you're doing. We are here for you. You can email us anytime at kcncpodcast at gmail.com. See you next time on another episode of Kansas City Momcast.